0: Welcome to the Corsi Consulting Podcast. You can find us online anytime at causeyconsultingllc.com. And now, here's your host, Sarah Corsi. Hello, hello, and thanks for tuning in. So today, I want to talk about the amplification of the Great Resignation. Last week, there was an article published on LinkedIn titled, Millennials, Gen Z, I Knew Jobs. And of course, I will drop a link to it in the write-up for this podcast so that you can check it out for yourself. And initially, when I read the headline, I thought, well, I would argue that it's not just people who are 40 and under that are doing so, but okay. And as I got into the blurb under the article title, I discovered that in fact, my hunch was correct. So the editor, and I'm I'm going to do my best with this name. Again, you guys know I hate mispronouncing somebody's name. I, I believe it's Theonis Bates, the editor for LinkedIn, writes, Younger workers have a simple message for employers. We're out of here. That's the finding of a new survey by Microsoft, parent company of LinkedIn, with 52% of Gen Z and millennial employees, those under age 41, saying that they are somewhat or extremely likely to consider a job change in the coming year. Some 35% of Gen Xers and baby boomers say they are thinking of bailing on their bosses. Among all American workers, 43% are weighing a job change, up from 41% last year. A majority of workers who have been doing their jobs remotely aren't eager to return to the office. Among hybrid workers, 51% said they may want to be remote full-time, end quote. Um, yeah, (laughs) be great if I could hit that with some echo. Let me try to do it manually. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. No kidding. So it's not just the younger demographic of workers that are thinking about it. It is a fairly sizable chunk, more than one third of the older generations. And I'm not saying that pejoratively, believe me. I'm a Gen Xer myself, I'm in my 40s, I'm above the age range that they're talking about, but those of us who are in Gen X and the baby boomer generations, more than a third of us are considering the same thing too. So no, it's not just Gen Z and millennials that are considering leaving a job that quite frankly, they probably don't like. There's a couple of things that I want to point out here. Anyone who says, eh, the Great Resignation isn't basically over, or mm, you know, we think the Great Resignation is ebbing now. I really just kind of feel like it's time to fall in line and come on back to the office. They're full of it, you know. No offense meant, but I'm I'm very blunt with you guys, and I'm telling you the truth. That is just not reality. I don't know if they're saying that out of wishful thinking or if they're trying to deliberately spread some kind of propaganda. But it just ain't true, you see. <laughs> More than a third of the older generations are thinking about leaving their jobs. And then when we look at the overall number, more people are thinking about quitting here in 2022 than they did in 2021. So that doesn't suggest to me that the great resignation is winding down. Most people have gotten themselves plugged in at a company they like and everything's sunshine and roses, eh. No, that doesn't match reality. And it also doesn't match what I'm seeing day in and day out, out in the marketplace either. You know, I don't just rely on surveys and information that I find online. I'm in the market every day as a staffing and recruiting SME, and I have found no evidence whatsoever that the great resignation is winding down. But yet I see sometimes, even in job descriptions, where companies will say things like, because the Great Resignation is slowing down, we really want to make sure that people are coming back to the office, or we really want to make sure that we're going back to pre-COVID times. Or they'll say something like, now that the COVID pandemic is winding down, we want everybody to come on back to the office. And it's like... Um, What? Where are you getting your information from? But they'll just toss it out in a job description as though it's a fait accompli, and it's like, well, no, not actually. You saying something repetitively because you want people to believe your propaganda just doesn't make it true. Another thing I want to point out on that note is that most remote workers do not want to come on back to the office. I have seen very few people who said, you know, I miss a long commute. I miss getting up really early in the morning and downing half a pot of coffee and putting on dress clothes and then sitting in the car trapped in traffic or sitting on the subway or on a train and a long commute. And then being sat in a cube farm under fluorescent lighting and having Carol from accounting do stop and chats once an hour, or having Betty Sue from HR want to do the welcome wagon every time someone new comes in and it makes me want to barf. You know, I really miss that. <laughs> I, I just haven't heard people saying that. People who, who actively want to go back to the office, and again, no offense here, I'm just being real, maybe they have an unpleasant home life or a boring home life and they don't enjoy being wherever they are for eight to nine hours uh, during the workday. They actively want to go back to the cubicle farm. Those people are in a small minority. And I frankly don't think it's right for that small minority of people to control the vast majority that are saying, go back to the office full time. Hell no. I think most people have debunked the myth around all of that. There was never really a need, especially after the proliferation of technology. You know, back when most people had a desktop, a bulky desktop computer and like floppy disks and a CD-ROM, it may have been nigh on impossible to have done that type of work from home. And what are you going to do? Lug all that equipment home with you and then plug it into your dial-up connection? That would have been pretty cumbersome and and frustrating, I would think. You know, I remembered the dial-up and if somebody called, it would boot you off or it would take forever to get signed on to AOL. So I get it. Back in the day, it just might not have been that feasible, but we're in a completely different reality now. So for the past few years, everybody having to be butt in seat in an office, what I unaffectionately call the digital panopticon, where you either are being surveilled or could be surveilled at any given time. You really don't have any privacy. You don't feel that you have any rights as an employee. You're just sat there like cattle in a feedlot. It never really was necessary anyway over these past few years with the proliferation of technology. Now that people have come to realize that, the emperor doesn't have any clothes on. He hasn't had any clothes on for the past few years. They just don't want to go back to playing pretend that the emperor isn't naked. There's a similar article, which I will also drop a link to on Yahoo Finance, which asked the question, between millennials and Gen Zers, who's doing the most job hopping? And there was an interesting chart that was provided by Builder that showed that in 2021, the average tenure for workers 40 and younger was about two and a half years. There is very little difference between the average tenure for millennials and Gen Zers. For those of us in Gen X, it was about five years. And for the baby boomer generation, it was about eight years. So I find it really interesting that here in 2022, as some of the great resignation deniers are trying to convince us that it's completely over with, and in the rearview mirror, or it's ebbing, it's starting to subside, people want to go back to the office, and they're pretty much all happy. Even these individuals that have a tenure of five years or more are getting resignation fever in 2022. And I think part of that comes down to money. I mean, look at inflation. We're, God, we're basically in the United States in a period of hyperinflation. And when you look at the cost of everything, I mean, just your weekly trip to the grocery store from one week to the next can be more expensive than it was the week before. You look at the cost of your basics, your rent or your mortgage payment, your the, put, putting gasoline in your vehicle to go anywhere. I mean, just just taking care of your basics is getting more and more expensive. So we're living in some kind of fool's paradise if we think that salary doesn't matter or that we can somehow... Use benefits or perks, which I'm using in air quotes, as a substitution for a good, robust salary. Now, when I say benefits, I'm not referring to things like health and dental insurance, which are very important. I'm talking about things like the Jelly of the Month Club, a slide in the office, a foosball table, virtual happy hour, margarita Mondays, crap like that. You cannot package up margarita Mondays and mail it to your mortgage company, or you can't pay rent to your landlord with a slide in the office. So wasting time on nonsense like that is not going to do anybody any good. But money is not the only factor. It's an important factor, but it's not the only factor. In a similar article that was published on Fast Company, where they kind of summarized the results of this Microsoft survey, which again, I'll drop a link to in the write-up, they make a really good point that employees have a new worth it equation and I'll read a little bit from that now. workers have taken a temporary break from business as usual to re-evaluate their priorities. according to the study, 53 percent now put their health and well-being over work. Of the 18 percent of respondents who quit their jobs last year, the top three motivators were well-being, work-life balance and flexibility with compensation ranking seventh end quote now, again, I just want to be very clear. We can't say that salary doesn't matter very much or that if you have a company with a pleasant management, you have a good culture, it's not punitive, everyone is respected, you really make diversity a priority, it's not a cult, groupthink is not promoted there, you have a great environment, but you're paying subpar wages. Are you going to make it? No. No. People are not going to stay at your company for the long run, even if your culture is good, but your wages suck. It's not pleasant to starve. It's not pleasant to get evicted. It's not pleasant to have the car repoed. So your workers are still going to have to have enough money to cover their basics and to make ends meet. And no matter how pleasant everybody is, it's not going to matter if they can't put food on the table. On the other side of the spectrum, High wages are not going to paper over crappy companies. Toxic culture, managers from hell, expectations that are unrealistic. Oh, well, thank you, Jesus. We really appreciate that you turned water into wine, but you turned it into white wine and we wanted red wine. So we're just not impressed, JC. There are still those companies out there. And one quick note that I want to make for those of you listening to this podcast that freelance or or you own your own business, be very weary and wary of people like that. Don't let them into your practice because even if they are paying you money hand over fist, some of them have expectations that are so unrealistic and so bizarre, you will twist yourself into a human pretzel trying to please them. And at the end of the day, is it worth it? Most of the time, it's not. If you feel that you have conjured up a miracle and turned water into wine and they're not appreciative, they wanna nitpick, they wanna be micromanaging or cruel and rude, find someone else to do business with. Even in hyperinflation, even in a recession, not all money is good money. And if you give yourself a bleeding ulcer or migraine headaches every night, you can't sleep, your blood pressure is up, it, it just may not be worth it. And that's why I really like this idea from the Fast Company article of employees have a new worth it equation. So jobs at crappy companies with a toxic culture, bad managers, subpar pay, unrealistic deadlines, they want to bug you at three o'clock in the morning, they want you to camp out on a Slack channel, and if you take a bathroom break that they feel is too long, they want to chew you out about it. Those places are being weighed measured and found not worth it. And I, for one, think that that's fantastic. Workers should not be in these toxic environments. And if you're freelancing or you own your own business, you shouldn't be doing business with people that want to treat you like poop either. So to sum it up, are there great resignation deniers out there? Yeah, there are. Are they correct? Nope, they're sure not. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you haven't already, please take a quick second to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.